Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. I would love to learn how to throat sing. It's never too late. I can't do the other noise. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) What happened? Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Rooting Around podcast. I'm Kevin. I'm Tom. And I'm Ed. And this week, we are talking about Mongolia. The the land of... The blue skies. Land of blue skies. That's pretty up, then, with that picture. Yeah, look, the middle of the flag just kind of disappears into it. Up on my head. That's not not green screened at all. That's the actual colour of the flag. 260 days of sunshine they get per year. Oh, yeah? Yeah. It's pretty good. It's better than here. Well, Yeah, just a tad. Well, it depends because it's like it depends where you are because it's a huge country. Go on, how huge is it? Oh. You ready? <laughs> as long as you're ready for the follow-up. question. No, I, I'm not ready for the follow-up question. Um, it's 1.5 million square kilometers, which makes it the 18th largest country in the world, but the second largest landlocked country in the world, behind what? Kazakhstan. Yes. Oh, there we go. Tom with the uh, Kazakhstan. But it is the, den- well. the least densely populated country in the world, though. I heard, I read that there's um, 13, 13 times as many horses as people. There's something crazy about times. goats as well. It's even more than that. Yes, or goats or sheep. 30 times as many well, in, sheep. In Mongolia. Yeah. <laughs> 30 times. That's a lot of sheep. It's a lot of sheep. But it I'd must like... be fairly similar. Oh, actually, I don't know. It's quite what? a lot of people in Wales. Yeah. Whoa. Oh, we haven't got that many. We haven't got that many. <laughs> that many well, sheep. you're renowned for it. Mongolia is yeah. not really renowned for sheep. They well, are renowned for horses. But that's not like, that's not 90. Where do you think we'd keep 90 million <laughs> sheep in Wales? <laughs> Your house? Yeah. <laughs> There's got to be other countries that have ridiculous amounts of sheep as well. I know New Zealand. New Zealand. Australia. Australia's got more sheep than New Zealand. Does it? Keep it quiet. It helps. Uh, they're, they're like they're one of the biggest it, countries yeah. in the world. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's, that makes total sense. But it's um, only got a population of 3.2 million, which is yeah. not that and much. I, isn't it like nearly a million in Ulaanbaatar? Probably as well? is, yeah. Yeah. Um, I heard because, well, I've mentioned it before. I've, although I got my Mongolian visa very proudly in uh, sitting in my passport. I've never been because I broke down just before getting there, like the day before. But my parents went. <laughs> what do they think? And... Uh, don't care what you think. <laughs> they, they loved it. Uh, they loved every bit of it. Uh, they really, really enjoyed it. It's just a shame. What do, that what do they do there? So they flew into Ulaanbaatar, which was actually what I was about to say. Like they thought it was probably the worst capital city they've, they'd been to. Yeah, it's pretty, pretty bad. Pretty dangerous. Pretty gross. Probably pretty dangerous. Um, one of my favourite things to do uh, was get a taxi around at about eleven o'clock because they start turning everyone out from the bars. And Mongolians love a fight. They do love a fight. They like. And your favorite thing was to, you know, it's it's like a safari. (laughs) 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 They come out and just kick the shit out of each other. They're cool though. 
They're it's Mongolians. Yeah, yeah. They're very friendly and and really welcoming. Pre booze. Um, pre pre booze. Post booze things. Yeah. Go. I've done. Yeah, they don't handle their booze very well. I've not been to Mongolia. Um and I've not met that many Mongolians. I've met a few Mongolians. Um, I don't think I've met a single Mongolian. There was one moment we were in, a, I was in a party in a club in Russia. Um, and a Mongolian guy came into the same room as us and started doing a Nazi salute. So I just, oh. so I was just like, well, you're going to leave now. And I, I marched him out. Not frog marched him out. Um, <laughs> yeah, there's um, there's quite the Nazi stronghold in Mongolia. I, I, you mentioned it before we started recording. You mentioned uh, Nazis in that. No, loads, what are you talking about? It's like Nazi biker gangs. Loads of skinhead bikers. Yes, loads of skinhead, skinhead gangs. In Mongolia? Yeah. yeah. That's so random. Well, Do they yeah. have any Jews there? Well, well, okay. (laughs) Ed, Nazis weren't just against Jews. No, they were against many other groups. I mean, you can you can understand like certain themes of fascism and like connected to master race, (laughs) particularly with their history of being the second biggest empire on in history. I thought it was the biggest. Yeah. No, we. I say we. The British Empire was. Oh yeah, of course. Obviously, maybe the biggest contiguous land empire. The. The funny thing oh, about really? that is, is that I wasn't Mongolia only recognized by the rest of the world in like the late sixties or something. Uh, yeah, I guess so. Yeah, I guess so. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think the states. Might... I mean, there was in the Soviet Union before, so it yeah. wasn't no, they weren't tech... in. They weren't in the Soviet Union. They were like a, a satellite state of the Soviet Union. They weren't a member uh, of the Soviet Union. Really? Yeah. And technically, outer know. Mongolia as well. Yeah, because yeah. Inner Mongolia it's got more Mongolians than Mongolia. Yeah. There's a lot of Kazakh people in in Mongolia as well, all in all in the west. Like Altai way. Yeah, Ulgi is another. Oh, it's a horrible sounding place. Yeah, no, yeah, we, no, no, I spent I mean, a long I mean, time there. The name, you mean. like the word, the word doesn't uh-huh. mean. I, I called it Ugly for the entire duration because I I thought that was its real name. Um, but it does, like, you leave the border going into Mongolia in the west, and there's just nothing. It's just open flatlands, and then occasionally you'll see some beautiful Microsoft background <laughs> hills in the distance. Um, but a lot of it, like a lot of it, is green and pretty. But most of it that I went through was just completely barren. Just and like you've Mars. been through, you, you drove through it. Yeah, drove end to end. Yeah, you've got all quite the way a good idea. And, and not the, the south, probably. You haven't seen too much of the south. No, I mean that's that's like the, the Gobi, Gobi desert. Isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Which is the largest desert in Asia, um, and it's kind of unlike most other deserts as well because I think it gets as cold as like minus forty, minus fifty, and plus forty or fifty degrees. I think Mongolia's got the biggest range of temperature of any country. I know the capital has. I know Ulaanbaatar does. Yeah, Ulaanbaatar's definitely the coldest capital city in the world. Yeah, I think that's on record. Really, I don't know. Mm. Yeah, like minus minus thirty, minus forty, I think. Wow, bonkers. And there's a lot of um, in winter because they use they burn coal um, around Ulaanbaatar. It's basically just you got the city, which is pretty flat, and then just hills around it are just covered in yurts, hundreds and hundreds of them. So in winter they all burn coal, and it doesn't go up; it just kind of settles in oh. the city. And some people have said like you can't see the car in front of you when you're in traffic. Like it's that bad. Visibility is only a couple That's of meters. Horrible. Yeah, 
Yeah, it's a pretty... So you can't see anything and it's minus 40 degrees. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds lovely. Yeah. So, yeah, Ulaanbaatar, I wasn't a huge fan of, um, but... The step's stunning. Oh, like, God. Everywhere, yeah, everywhere, some of the most beautiful. Everywhere else is beautiful. It's annoying because doing that trip, it's so gradual that it's not as awe-inspiring as you'd expect. Like, if you just got plopped in a helicopter, yeah. it would be the most beautiful place in the yeah, world. Yeah. Um, you don't. Yeah. Or you also don't see necessarily how the scenery changes. Suddenly you're like, oh wait, yeah, this is completely different. Also, area. And also, like as you get out of, uh, as you move further east, things just become more sparsely populated. So you're just more like, like you said, more like acclimatized to vast open spaces. Yeah. So like the next one is just like, oh okay. It's a really odd feeling because you just go from this vast open space, and then within fifty miles, you're in the middle of the capital city. And it's like you just become feral in the desert, used to just pooing next to your car, peeing everywhere. And well, as we learned in the last episode with Ash, that's not always the case. Oh, yeah, that's true. Sometimes yeah. you hold the poo in. Um, Ash built a slate toilet once because, in his words, he squats for no man. Yeah, but even himself? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he went for about five or six days without, without using, because he didn't want to use the squat toilet. Yeah. Why did he build a slate? Can you just got like a plastic, plastic? Because we were just in this place that was filled with rocks and slate. <laughs> so he was, he was ingenious, but also daft. Can you not just use a jerry can? Cut a hole in the top. <laughs> well, that's a waste <laughs> of petrol. Like, what? <laughs> <laughs> he wouldn't leave, leave the petrol in. No, that's true. Um, but no, no, he's... Fair play to him, yeah. I've not, I, well... I squat for every man. Oh, yeah, I squat all over the, all over the place. <laughs> Um, Just one other thing, when you mentioned Gobi Desert, do you know what Gobi stands for? Cold? No. I think it's cauliflower in... In, um, uh, in some random in, language. In uh, Hindi, isn't it? <laughs> I get out of Gobi all the time, it's delicious. <laughs> no, um, it's um, waterless place. Oh, yeah, it makes sense. Makes a lot of sense. And also for the cold thing, did you know that Mongolian horsemen are alleged to have invented ice cream? Because they, they used to take cream in their containers, which were made from animal intestines. Uh, and during their long journeys across the desert, when it got really cold in the winter, as like they were, you know, getting some speed up the, the oh, cream. Oh, they'd be shaking sh- it. Yeah, it would be, you know, shake. And then, you know, it gets really cold and it freezes and you've got ice cream. Oh, fuck. That's what they say that the origin of, of um, like steak tartare is, obviously. Because it's tartar steak. And I used to put steak underneath a saddle and a day's riding would tenderize it to the point at which it was really super, super tender. Oh, shit. Huh. I don't know where tartar sauce comes from, though. <laughs> I don't know. No, me, ne- me neither. Um, I think, I know we like announcing segues and it's pretty early on, but while we're talking about the temperatures of Mongolia, I think it'd be a good time to talk about the guest story. Okay. Here we go. Oh, my God. This, I'm intrigued. So this one's a little bit of a long one, um, but it's a very, very good one. Possibly my favourite. Okay. And um, and this story has come in from Mr. Sam Stewart, who is a wildlife cameraman. And that's what took him out to Mongolia. And he sent me his diary entry for the 4th of February, 2019. 
Does it start with Dear Diary? I hope it does. It will. Can, can you start? Yeah, nice. uh, Dear yeah. Rooting Around Podcast. Dear Rooting Around Podcast. Today, we drove south. Through some incredible mountains and towards the Chinese border, we found a lone male camel in the hills and stalked it through the deep snowy valleys. One of those days I pinch, my, pinch myself and say, how is this my job? We just say uh, the Bactrian camels in Mongolia are extremely rare. So it was like a big deal going to film these guys. Really? Okay, yes. Uh, we ended up so far from our base camp that we need to find somewhere to sleep. We set up camp in the hills and sleeping in a tent in minus 40 requires some good equipment. Proper sleeping mats and bags to keep you off the ground and insulated. A good tent stops the wind and keeps out the elements. When your face is sticking out of your sleeping bag, it's horrific in these temps, temperatures and the inevitable toilet requirements are a logistical nightmare. It didn't feel possible, but I must have fallen asleep and I was suddenly woken by someone pressing something into my head. As I came round, I realized it was the side of my tent and that it was the wind forcing it onto my face. A goby storm had dragged my tent pegs out of the ground, snapped the guidelines and tore off the tent's windows. I was brought into consciousness by a howling pile of tent fabric and I was curled up in the middle of it. My bag was warm, but the wind speed was increasing. And as the wind gusted hard and flapping fabric wrapped around me, I had to get out of the bag and avoiding a broken tent pole to the eye, I had to get changed into all my layers, then try and exit the freezing sack of unhappiness that is now my tent. I basically stood there and waited until morning. My next hurdle of the day came when I visited the sand dunes near camp to relieve myself. Eating nothing but freeze-dried food for weeks on end can be a challenge, a challenge on the intestines. I was about to find out that on this trip my insides had broken, come to a complete stop, and would unlikely work correctly ever again. So shitting in the dunes in minus 40 is a challenge at the best of times. First you have to find the right spot, that's easy in the Gobi, it's massive. However, finding somewhere sheltered is impossible. Rapid, rapid winds from the south pick up sand as it travels across the desert and slams it into your backside as you squat down. In the cold, speed is of the utmost importance and any wasted time is very pain, a very painful experience. I drop the trousers down and get in with a massive clusterfuck of toileting in the frozen wasteland. On this occasion, it appeared the weeks of freeze-dried scrambled egg and uh, freeze-dried scrambled egg and oatmeal had congealed and decided it wanted to take as much time as physically possible to land in the dunes. 20 minutes later, I'm still there, hanging out with breakfast from three days ago, hidden in the dunes with a packet of wet wipes that had frozen solid. My hands are so cold at this point that they're completely useless. My large arctic boots make squatting a real killer and my thighs started cramping. It's times like this that makes me question the career choice slightly, but not too much because it would be over soon and I'll be back in the warmer camp uh, before long. I didn't realize that it was, excuse the pun, in the pipeline for me at this stage. After another 10 minutes of com a complete standstill down there, I had to take drastic action. It was either the frostbite or that thing was coming out. Simple. I gave myself a stern talking to and said to myself, look man, you're nearly 30, you're on a dream job for the BBC and you're about to have to snap a poo out of yourself. Tragic. I eventually plucked up the courage to, and to try and, to, to my amazement, along with the wet wipes, it had also frozen solid. I will leave the rest to everyone's imagination, but eventually it worked and I was able to breathe a sigh of relief. I got back to the van and pushed the memories from the dunes to the back of my, my mind forever, until now. If I had told 18-year-old Sam that story, there is a chance he may not have chosen that career path. I'm glad he never knew, though, because I wouldn't change it for the world. 
So Sam Stewart had to snap a frozen poo out of his own ass. It's pretty good. It's like a, a, sh- a shard. Yeah. Imagine, <laughs> imagine trying to mug someone with a frozen poo. <laughs> oh, isn't that the start of like space docking? Is that what that's called? What? Oh, that, no, that's that's not the start. You know what? That's no, not the, the start, that's the end end result of space docking. Is it space I, docking? I think we might have different definitions of space docking. Where you freeze it? Oh no, no that's not. What I, <laughs> no, mine's my one's even even more horrendous. Oh Jesus! Um, we won't go into that. I love it's a great story. Yeah, that was um, a good one. Thanks, Sam. Love you. Thank you, Sam. That was amazing. Um, yeah, Sam's a badass. And he's got a great job. Yeah, it's the best you job. You have to be in very patient, though. What, to, to, yeah. to poo for that long? Well, yeah, I guess that, that's one part of it. The other part is waiting for the camels while you poo. Yeah, he does He does some amazing stuff. And yeah, those those camels, I think there's only a couple hundred left of them. That's crazy. Yeah. Really? Big, big place. Yeah, yeah. I've seen one in the zoo in London there. <laughs> no, I've seen two. <laughs> they, they also have, like, domesticated camels, which are, like, the two, no, one humped. Ones. Oh, they have single drum, drum, dromedary. I think they're called. Yeah, dromedary camels. And then the other ones are Bactrian. They're these massive, fluffy-looking things. They're sweet-looking yeah. camels. They're pretty badass. Isn't Mongolia the only place where there's wild camels? Uh, wild horses. Oh, true, wild horses. Tr- and true wild horses. Oh. I'm not sure about the camels. I'll I'll check that one. But horses for sure. They're the kind of last of last of the wild horses. And they're so, I mean, they're so important to um, to the Mongolian culture. There they are. I had this picture saved, which is just Mongolian uh, horse men and women, I think. Yes. Tell. Um, for that story, but I've got something else. Go on. Uh, obviously, they're huge on horse racing, love it. Um, it's not like here where it's just a bunch of people around like a... Um, oval ground and mm. bets and stuff like that i suppose they do bets over there but over there it's like seven to twelve year old riders you know, what racing yeah like the, the actual race like the the big so races because cool. you got to be small haven't you it's a weight thing a little dirty it makes sense but like what kind of other sport is it just kids it's weird. Yeah. they also do um archery because on the horse, yeah, yeah, horseback and, oh. and stand on. badasses. I'm actually, I'm quite upset. I didn't put the picture in here. I've, I've got this um, lady on Facebook, and she's on the back of like a bucking horse. So like the horse is almost vertical, mm-hmm. and she's got a bow drawn, like while mounted on the horse, and she's in like full traditional garb. Absolute badass. I really wanted to get, uh, not having been to Mongolia, I wanted to get the. Uh, Gill, but they were mm. like you know like the robes. Yeah, yeah. Um, Amanda's got one, big I blue one. Really want one. A yeah. suit. Oh uh, yeah, I remember seeing her in that. Yeah, pretty yeah. cool. I was wondering where that was from, but I guess it's Mongolian. Yeah, it's Mongolian. Yeah, pretty cool. Yeah, really cool. Um, but it's cool because they're like they're they're hanging on to a bit a, a bit like in Bhutan. Like I don't know how exclusionary they are, but like they're. I mean, some of them are really yeah, exclusionary. <laughs> They're maintaining that culture, like, because they're still like 30% nomadic. Yeah. Um, and they're really proud of it. And they're really sort of, not, in, well, I don't know how much they enjoy it, but they, like, they, they, there is an effort to, like, continue that, that traditional way of life, which is really cool. Yeah. Um, speaking of traditional, I've got a picture of someone playing the traditional Mongolian instrument. 
Which one? Uh, Ooh. Yeah. Is it the ho- is, what's it called? Uh, it's called a Marin Hor. Oh, probably nice. badly pronounced. I think you know full called... well. That's no, I don't. I don't. Correctly. No, I don't because <laughs> I can because Mongolian's written in Cyrillic, so I can read the letters, but I can't. I can't do a Mongolian accent. I think they're called horsehead violins in English. They are called horsehead violins. Yeah, they yeah. don't look anything like a horsehead. Well, they if do. you if you look at the the top where the top of the the um, the fretboard is, that's carved intricately into the shape of a horse's head. Oh, okay. And they also use um, horse intestines for strings. And, um, Don't they use horse hair for violins? And, and horse hair for the bow, yeah. Ah, yeah. There, was, there was that guy we got, didn't he do like, he did, he did Mongolian like, versions of like Game of Thrones. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> he was great. Stuff. Um, and um, you need to study for, I think, you need to study in university for at least two years to be able to play. And if you want to teach, you need to study for seven years. As in, like, it's impossible to learn? No, no, no. no if, you, if, you want to be, if you want to be accredited, oh, okay, like, you have to study in university to do it. Isn't it? only got two strings. Yeah. And, it's, and you can play it. You basically play it by pushing one string onto your finger. So you're, like, almost like a... So it's like, like you're muting it almost. Yeah, and then you can play um, harmonics based on Ooh. that. Um, and it's also the case that if you want to learn how to play the modern Khur, you must also learn how to throat sing. That's what I was going to say. That's one thing I, I heard. I would love to learn how to throat sing. It's never too late. I mean, I think you have to go to Mongolia to get taught officially and you go off into There's the a mountains. Few, yeah, you can, you can sure still you do, do um, you can still, um, like some of the most famous ones are Buryats and uh, Tuvans. Oh. There's there's a guy uh, whose name whose name's uh, Andar, he's from Tuva, and his album's called Back Tuva Future, <laughs> <laughs> and it is incredible. Where's uh, Tuva? It's a uh, it's a republic in um, oh, in, in Russia, yeah. But it's near it's near Altai, it's near yeah. the Mongolian border. So it's like with throat singing, what it's not called semitones. I think they're the because you have to make two different notes. I think it might be a semitone. And one comes from your nose, and the other one comes from down here, down here. <laughs> you do a good impression. That was pretty singing. good, you Wait. know, like that. I can't do the other noise. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what happened? What do you? That's that's good. Yes. I, mean, I don't know. I'm not an expert, but that sounds about right. Get me a horse head violin. This one note. <laughs> that was a couple of notes. Um, anyway, I've got a little, <laughs> I've got a little fact about the <laughs> to talk about the the horse head cello again. Um, it's actually used by farmers to encourage camels, mothered mothering camels, to reaccept a child. Re-accept. I've got I've got a little extract. I've got an extract. Let me just read it first because I'm getting confused. Um, <laughs> in the Mongolian Gobi farmer's daily life, the Morinchur has another important use. When a mother camel gives birth to a calf, sometimes she rejects her calf due to the various natural stress situations. Um, <laughs> Mongolian camel farmers use Morinchur-based melodies alongside special low harmonic types of songs called Khoshlo. You're wicked at doing throat singing as well. No, I've got a bad. Um, (laughs) uh, To heal the mother camel's stress and encourage her to re-adopt her calf. Um, 
And they also do it to camels whose mother of, mothers have died so that other, cam, other mum camels will adopt that orphan camel. I'd love to see the actual success rate of that. You probably, well, now, nowadays, just fucking put a tape in, wouldn't you? <laughs> and, and get on with your life. You wouldn't, you wouldn't, you wouldn't, you wouldn't yeah. be like, oh, get the fucking cello. <laughs> But quick question for that. Um, don't, 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 re-adopt? Don't. Why re-adopt? Sometimes, I guess, animals get uh, like brushed away by their by their mother. Won't let but, them like if they. If it's yeah, natural, what's the problem? That's the one. Sorry. If it's natural, what's well, the problem? Well, if it's your if it's your livelihood, then it's probably in your interest to get That's that camel back on that tit, so to speak. <laughs> Um, so to speak <laughs> no, yeah, but worst, worst case, speak exactly to speak <laughs> worst case scenario you can just get on that to yourself yeah but, you but, but do you realise do you realise how difficult it is being a farmer are you going to spend your, I, mean, I don't know but you ever tried, first you ever milked a camel and second you ever worked a day on a farm yeah, but, you've got like 50,000 jobs to do but like playing the cello is Probably quietly, you have to practice. Ah, yeah, yeah, you're gonna tune it up. No, 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 no. <laughs> Surely it. going a bit. I get it, but do, doing this, every, every, well, uh, for the uh, for the listeners, I was gesticulating how to milk. Well, I assume a camel, um, uh, or a person. Um, uh, you know, you wouldn't want to milk a camel four times a day to feed its feed its calf. I'd ama- uh, just imagine just so you can get the violin out and have a quick. Yeah, mm. a bit of a tinkle. I'd imagine camel milk takes, tastes like shit as well. Have you ever milked I th- no, anything? I think it's yeah. really sweet. Is it? It's got. I think it's got really high fat content. I'm oh. sure we almost tried it in Morocco. Oh. At which point I'd be like, fuck no. Camel <laughs> I feel like yogurt. it would be thicker than cow milk. Yeah, because they're all dehydrated and shit because they're big lumps. They're lovely lady lumps. And they've got loads of fat in them anyway. They yeah, yeah. So it's always just per- drips out into their I milk. I love camels. They're- they're cool. amazing. They're really have cool. You, have you seen what the males do when they're in heat? No. They have, um, they like inflate their soft palate. You know, like the roof oh, of yeah. your mouth. Oh, yeah. And it like hangs out of their mouth and like bubbles. Really? Like covered in drool and weird. Yeah. Nothing sexier than that. It's super buff. They do have horse milk, fermented horse milk. Yeah. Oh, what's it called? I've got it. I've actually got it name it in my notes. Well, who's going to find the notes first? Well, tastes Irag. like... Irag. Irag. Oh, Irag, yeah. Irag. Tastes like absolute... Fermented shit. milk. Yeah, oh, it's, it's the gross. worst. It's the worst. 4% uh, alcohol. No, I, I've had 20% stuff. I've had it distilled up. It's even worse. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine... Imagine boozy, boozy yogurt. Well, well, imagine... It's like Advocat, actually. <laughs> no, it's Imagine... Um, have you, you've both had kefir. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so used to that like sour dairy taste. I love kefir. Yeah, okay. So, but, but sometimes you can get it a little bit too far, and it's like it tastes like gone off milk. This was like, imagine it. Okay, actually, no, I've got a better one. You only know leave the milk in the fridge for a few weeks, and I actually don't. <laughs> and it, and the you know your the plastic cartons it's inflated, um, and the milk has almost started to separate into yeah. 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 So pour off that top liquid. Mix it with vodka, drink it, and that's how it tastes. You know when you start dribbling when you're going to be set, yeah. sick? Yeah, that is, it's grim. And, and someone made me, tr- made me try it, and they, I think they did it as a day. And it was, well, I, I think you both agree that uh, Mongolian food is not necessarily the best food. Uh, you all, all requested, yeah, you requested booze. Booze, yeah. Booze. Um, but I didn't get a picture of that because it's literally a dumpling. Like, 
Imagine dumpling. With the, the dumplings that look like anuses. Yeah, it's yeah, very, it's very like specific. The, the Russian one. Yeah, because it's called, yeah, well, it's, oh, it's, it's Mongolian because it's called Buza, yeah, Buza so, or yeah. Pozzi. Um, do you know why it's got 30, It's got 33 folds at the oh, top? Oh, exactly that, 33. Yeah, exactly, for make like in the traditional way, because that's uh, a lucky number in, or lucky, an important number in Buddhism. Oh, shit. oh, okay. So when when they were teaching me how to do it, I spent a day in a restaurant in London there learning how to make buza. Did you manage to? I made. Could you do it now? I made some that no, I can't do it now. It's fucking hard. We tried it at yours and just absolutely butchered it. Yeah. And I'm I'm veggie, but when I'm around buza, that's when I give up. <laughs> I, I'm a I, terrible person. I go to it, town on them. As well. <laughs> it is good. So for I those who I don't went, know it, it's beef and lamb with onion, or beef or lamb with like. I've, onion I've, I've, oh, that, they throw fucking that everything. Anything in. is sick. I've had it with I've had it with elk. It's yeah. It's legit. Like my number one. If if last supper would be boozer. Oh really? Fifteen, fifteen of them going to a fifteen. A pint of soy sauce. Some mustard. Mustard. Oh mate. Uh, It's good. Honestly, it's good. You made me try. Actually, I'd never tried it before. We tried it in Russia with you. Unbelievable. Um, Very good. Uh, The rest of it is no Uh, offense, Mongolia dog shit. There's another. There's another type of dumpling called khushur, which is basically a boozer that's sealed and deep fried that's all right yeah. bit hot bit too hot to eat that can be cam- camel for example yeah it could be camel you name it you, you got a mincer stick it in there call it boozer um <laughs> everything else in oh, everything else in mongolian food i think is very very much falls into the category of it's an acquired taste yeah um, but it's basically what they like it's it's mutton stock. It's with. what they have. Like, yeah, yeah, no... yeah, yeah, of course. Um, I mean, it was good to just get, you know, food that wasn't peanut butter, olives, and white bread. Like, <laughs> that was all we ate when we were driving, yeah. basically. And you've got the stews and things like that that were, I mean, they're not the worst. They're just really fatty and gristly and... Gamey. Gamey. Oh, yeah. You kind of need it when it's minus 40, I guess. Yeah. I said, have, you, have you got I, mate, that... I, I lived in I lived in minus forty. I didn't fucking. <laughs> <laughs> Did, uh, have you got the cheese, the oh, the God. dried cheese curds? No, Ugh. I haven't heard of that. I think. So it's like chalk, and it just tastes like. Imagine... That's what Ash was talking about. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. So it was like a chalk, and it was like um, you know Tom was saying you take the top bit off. Yeah, it's the bottom so imagine... bit. No, that, that's the top bit, and then oh. you freeze dry that, and it's like chalk, and you eat it with um, there's like a small bread. Like a small round bread, and they call it ballsack. Ballsack. Like I'm, not sure if, I'm not sure if it's actually ballsack, but it sounds like it. And ballsacks are funny. Um, Very funny. The thing on the screen is budog, which is a whole goat filled with onions and potatoes, cooked God. within its skin. Jesus Christ. Well, you know, it's that gives a good idea of what like you can expect in Mongolia. Though, I, think. I mean, they waste very little. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. true. That's fair. Yeah. Um, do you know what Ulaanbaatar stands for? Can I see one last thing for, for food? If it's, it's going to be something cooked inside another animal, you can skip it. <laughs> no, but it's 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 for breakfast. This is a breakfast food. So, you know, we've got our Cheerios. They've got, got black coffee and a cigarette. <laughs> oh, and a vodka. And a vodka yeah. uh, I don't know how to pronounce this. Chanasan Mac. If it's KH, is it? Mach. Mach. Which is. Um, just chunks of mutton boiled in salted water. Sounds right. Do you reckon that's chopped? And then made into, made into like a pate. 
No. Boil it up. I think it's just <laughs> chunks, it's of, chunks. chunks of meat in water. Salted water. Yeah, you need salt water, obviously. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think it's like the type of like salted water for pasta. I think it's <laughs> go for it like with the salt. Yeah, that's what I do. I go for it with the salt. <laughs> right, yeah, but you do, of course, you do. but for breakfast, anyway. Um, you, that's how I probably set you up for the day, you know. Lots of iron. Lacking a bit, car. It's not... Ride, ride the horses for the day. I, I imagine that... Maybe the, maybe the body's accustomed to it, but that much, that protein forward a diet must must result in in, in some hefty shitting. Yeah. <laughs> and if it's minus 40 outside. <sighs> I mean, there were some points that it was like 35 towards 40 and having to mm, get out true. in completely flat land to do a big steamy one. Wasn't very nice. I imagine the opposite problem is just as... It's not as life-threatening, but it's <laughs> um, Anyway, to go back to my question, uh, what does uh, Ulaanbaatar, Ulaanbaatar, I don't know how you pronounce it. Red something, I forgot what it is. Oh, Red. Nice. Is Ulan River? No. no. Redstone. No, Ulan is red. Oh. Um, Bata means hero. <sighs> red hero? Yeah. Is that I really Genghis? said stone. <laughs> well, I think it's, there's, there's maybe, mm. possibly, but... I know that there is a very famous Mongolian communist leader. I think Sukhibatar. Because you know there's Suk, a there's Sukhibatar Square, yeah. Yeah, in, so because so, 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 there's a street in Ulanode, Ulus Sukhibatar. Oh yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, maybe him because Ulanode. Let's go a bit of a tangent because Ude is the river, the Uda. Oh so yeah. So it's red Uda, like, and it's like also oh, a nice Soviet thing. Rivers run red. Um, so yeah, that's that's it. I've got the name of the prime minister. I can't. Pronounce so I'm not going to. <gasps> I remembered the day I arrived in Mongolia in the hotel that we were staying in uh, Ulaanbaatar. We were staying in the same hotel as the Belarusian prime minister. What, Lukashenko? Uh, what is, 2013. What is, yeah, yeah, boy, he's always well, been. <laughs> he hasn't changed since 91, mate. So, um, yeah, that guy. With a with amazing moustache. Yeah, yeah, I think so. And That's less funny. amazing everything else. Have yeah. you heard about the exploits of his son? <laughs> Whoa. This is one for the viewers and listeners for a bit of homework. Google his son. He has a wicked life. Oh, okay. Um, is it like close to the Turkmen kind of? Oh, not as good as that. Not as good. He's not in like, he's not like in a, because you know, the, have you seen <laughs> not the a rapper or something? No, he's not the rapper. Like, because you've seen the Turkmen? Yeah. yeah. I've watched that video extensively with his military training. <laughs> oh, no, the one. <laughs> all the guards stood there like that. Have you seen the, have you seen the, mu the rap music video he made yeah. though? Oh, yeah, right. it's amazing. This, the track as well is just something else. I like it when he's on, um, he's just on a push bike with a pistol. Oh. <laughs> shooting all the, and the timing is cut, is so and bad. Every time you shoot something, it goes to a close up of the shots. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly he's not. Anyway, back to Mongolia. <laughs> yeah. Um, That's mental though. So what, back to that story, you were there with Lukashenko. Yeah, yeah, you, we were staying together. Yeah. What? We're mates. Well, did he have a well, whole? Did he have a whole floor? Yeah. Uh, no, I don't think so. It was very like he had some security with him, but it was very. Did relaxed. you see him? Did you? Yeah, yeah. Me and Amanda were stood there, and he I didn't say I... anything about invading Ukraine in twenty twenty two. No, no, no. That's strange. He hasn't. He, he looked hasn't. at me and well, he, he was like, hasn't he hasn't. But he looked at me and was like, "Give me winks." Did you have a moustache then? I can't remember. I think game, he's always game recognized game. <laughs> I've got a picture of Amanda stood there in a ball gown and he's walking behind her. Was a picture like, did you just realize in the, like a few years later? Oh, no, like everyone was like, oh, it's the Belarusian prime minister. What's his first name? Who's Alexander? Alexander yeah. Yeah. Who's excited to see the. I would be. 
Of course you would. Do, I'd, be excited, from- <laughs> I'd be excited. To see, I'd, I'd be excited to see any head of state. Yeah. Even the ones I don't like, like David Cameron and Boris Johnson. Um, I wouldn't be excited to see him. No. He can ask a D. Um, <laughs> well, like, what was accommodation like in... Um, Awful. In Mongolia. Like, Awful. Like, did you, we, stay, we did you stay in any yurts? Yeah. Uh, I see where this is going. I'm setting myself up for a fucking segue. That would just <laughs> over his head. Uh, no, we were camping a lot. And I remember one night we had this shit pop-up tent. And the, all the moisture and the condensation froze. And then we sat up and it collapsed. So it was just like getting showered with ice in the middle of the night. When was that? September? Yes. And it was already that cold? Yeah, Yeah, at night it was below zero. What time did you get? My camera lens froze to the body. I left it out to do a time lapse and it ran out of battery in about an hour. And then, yeah, it was like properly frozen to it. It I've been been in Russia in August and it's fucking snowed. Mm. It's true, I know. That's but the but segue yeah, didn't tents. Yeah, you didn't, didn't stay, stay anywhere. Didn't, no, you didn't stay anywhere else. Just tenting. Do you have any mm, other accommodation experience? We stayed in a place uh, in Ulgi, and there was another Chovd. There's another place we stayed, but for the most part, we just um, not not memorable. Nothing not memorable. memorable. I didn't well, review anywhere. Well, speaking speaking of memorable accommodation options. <laughs> 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 Um, that was slick. Brought to you as always in association with the Alpha Guest House, Bristol. Form- formerly known as the Alpha Guest House. Oh, is it? I drove past it. It looks fine. Did you not see all the scaffolding and? Oh, oh I is, drove it past it like is it getting a rebrand? No, Friday. It was set on fire. No, but you knew that. Well, hopefully. I told you that, right? Yeah, you sent me. I saw, yeah. I seen a, I saw a picture. It's still operating, I think, because I, it looks oh, totally it? fine where's, the other day. Where's the Notre Dame-esque international outcry for it? Where's, <laughs> where's the Bristol <laughs> Change.org campaign? Um, well, uh, well, they're locked in for a two-year sponsorship deal, so they're still paying yeah. us. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, brought to you in association with the Alpha Guest House. Um, Allegedly. Bristol's premium uh, guest house accommodation and um, now, now with 100% more fires by the sounds of it. Um, <laughs> this is the Zalushud Hotel in Ulaanbaatar. I'm going to call it the Z Hotel because I can't say that again. Um, <laughs> not a one-star room, three dots. Honestly, this is potentially the worst hotel I have stayed in. And I have travelled in a lot of countries in all-star ratings of hotels. We get a Ooh. lot. We get a lot of those. I'm fine. People trying to justify. Yeah, their... I, get, I get it. I can... I've been everywhere. I've been on holidays. Um... <laughs> like the other one a few weeks ago. I've been to Africa. Oh, <laughs> that was the uh, yeah, and, and Croatia. And like, um, open shower products in the bathroom, showing that it hadn't been cleaned. The tops, the taps were either scalding. Uh, I burnt my arm, or freezing cold, and the bathroom smelled quite bad. Our bed had stains on the sheets and hairs on the carpet. Carpet coming up from the floor and stains on it. It was loud. It was loud as our room faced onto the street, where lots of partying was going on for some reason. I think we were next to a university. Whatever. I'm a positive person, but write negative reviews then. So the positives are that the reception kept our luggage safe. It was close by for explanation. Breakfast was fine. Right. That's not. That's not a particularly great one. Um, this is one is a good one. Uh, give it a miss already. 
this this is the this is a one star review. Some of us give it give it a miss. They're not they're not pulling any punches. Um, I arrived here to find the reception staff didn't speak English. Right, you're in, Mongo- oh, you're in Mongolia. Get over yourself. My single room was dirty, smelly, and noisy. The TV didn't work. Toilet did not flush, and there was no hot water. The socket that was beside the bed, plugged in, started to smoke, spark, <laughs> and caught fire. There were flames. No fire alarm. Of course. This is where it gets great. I went to... Re- oh, this is where it links back earlier. Oh, of course, yeah. I went to reception to report it and find the lack of English meant that when the receptionist thought... Meant the receptionist thought that when I, when I sent fire... Well, when I said fire, I was actually asking for a cigarette lighter. <laughs> Probably the worst hotel I've stayed in. Um, there's one more. The w- stay well clear. Worst hotel I've ever stayed in. Peeling damp wallpaper, filthy fungus-infected bathroom, broken toilet pan, and that was after we changed room. The whole place smelt of petrol. It's best to stay clear in an area in which this hotel is situated. Definitely a no-no hotel. I like how they described every stage of that fire. <laughs> except, <laughs> except how they put it out. Yes, yeah, I wonder if that's what happened. At the Alpha Guest House. One can only one speculate, can only imagine. Alleged. But we um, could also ask. Yeah. Go. <laughs> Should we call him? <laughs> I would love to call him up. Um, yeah, good one. Good one this week. I, when people go into hotels and they complain that someone doesn't speak English when you're in a country like Mongolia. Yeah, it's like, fucking like, it's like so go far. fuck yourself. You are so far from any English speaking country. Well, they've traveled. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, the accommodation wasn't the best. And in, none of them spoke English. But you're in Mongolia, so get, yeah. get over it. Like. Yeah. Um, I mean, the fire wasn't necessary, but... Yeah, the fire, well... <laughs> the hotel didn't also, have to do the, the fire. The toilet didn't flush. That's also a problem, because if the other option is to get a shard up your ass... Well, not up your ass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just don't, just don't go number, number twos. <laughs> but we're not all ash. Yeah, that's true. You can hold it in for an afternoon. Just go to go to the local MacD. I don't. I don't think I could. I've got a terrible relationship with my bum. <laughs> I don't think I can hold it in for Wait, a while. So if you feel like it's it's peaking, it's coming out. It's like, oh, hello. That's it. Like you're you're done. You have it, to most poop. of the time. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you can't. It's you like can't. A switch. Once you're once you're at the point of turtling, you can't. You can't get it back in you. You got to go. That feeling when you open the door, even and if you see the toilet. Yeah. It's yeah. Like, <gasps> There's that space of like five seconds. It's like, oh, yeah, yeah. I've shit my pants. <laughs> I swear whenever I need to shit like really intensely and I can like kind of, you know, hold it in and stuff like that. But the moment I see, I, I walk into the tour, that it gets so much more intense. Like, yeah, it's yeah. like I find, I the find previous it, hour wasn't I find it much, bad. much worse with peeing. Like, oh, you know, God, you're, when yeah, you're yeah. desperate to go and like you open the door and you're like almost like folding yourself <laughs> over. And then you, then, which is obviously like the, Atomically, the what? Well, atomically and geometrically, the hardest place to get your dick out when you're like, yeah, yeah, consciously it right told in. me about. I imagine Ed's got a fucking pink panther penis, but <laughs> no, dick like the pink panther's tail. That's the one. Um, <laughs> I see the pink panther's penis. <laughs> Do not. <laughs> I get really confused. A friend, you of, will. a friend of mine had um, a reference. <laughs> <laughs> well, he once called me up and said he made a shit like a gorilla's finger. <laughs> like, that's brilliant. Um, nice. But also, when I, when I pee and I really need to pee, because obviously, clearly, there's a lot of pee in my bladder, it takes a while to empty, obviously. But 
the need to pee doesn't stop. <laughs> I love that you're doing this down your leg. <laughs> that's how that's how it stores. You know, it takes it takes fucking ages to get down my massive knob. <laughs> uh, it's like but two you, subways <laughs> draining. But do you know what I mean? They're like midway through, you're still like, I still need to pee. Yeah, yeah. It's really it's still the pressure. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. That was, uh, that was <laughs> quite the tangent. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm not sure which picture we've got live there. On the right. But I was just going to move, I was going to slightly move out of the way to show you the lunatic version of myself. Can't. Oh, wow. You're like the worst convert to Islam ever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, I, I had a missing tooth at that point as well. Did you shave your head on the rally? Yeah. So you started with like long... Yeah, yeah, hair, hair like this this long. Obviously, it's a bit thinner now. Did you shave it pre-rally? No, no, I, I shaved it in Mongolian. Oh, for like my, the last it? week and a half. It was just driving me insane. It's one of those things when you get a haircut abroad, you've just, got to, you've just got to get it all done. Yeah. It's quite satisfying though. I'd, I'd not done it since I was a kid. Um, but what I have in my right arm... Yeah, how is the hair the most important thing in the I just wanted to show how much of a fool I looked a few years ago. I mean, I do now. Um, but that is a golden eagle, which is a prized possession in the country of Mongolia. Um, and it's something that was kind of brought over from the Kazakh people. But there's more people that do it in Western Mongolia now. It's um, the, I think it's the Altai, yeah, yeah. Altai region. Um and they're badass. Did you guys see the Human Planet on BBC? Uh, no, but With I watched them. the documentary, different documentary, okay. about about the girl who, who gets her eagle. Oh, eagle. yeah, yeah. yeah. what it's called. Um, Google it. Just put Mongolian girl eagle hunter. Yeah. Um, yeah, they're badasses. So they ride horses. Like, uh, So people ride horses with the six kilo bird on their arm. And then uh, they've got like a... It's like a blindfold, so it keeps them calm. And then when they pull the blindfold oh, yeah. off, it spots the prey. And they can take down like rabbits, um, like the ground squirrels, bit of marmots. We have to come back to marmots. Oh yeah, um, of course. And up to foxes, goats. Well, like, they they use massive. A lot of the herders use them um, to kill foxes, keep vermin away. Oh. Um, so they train. They'll train them to attack foxes. Yeah, they're so badass. And mm. and sometimes they like. So they kind of, they sometimes bait them to to get them and then they trap them and try and train them. Because some, sometimes they, they climb down and steal the egg from the nest yeah. or steal a chick from the nest. It's mad. And then th that'll be that person's eagle. Like they'll give it to like an eight-year-old or whatever. Not an eight-year-old, like the eight-year-old will go down, get the bird, get out of there. I, and then I, have it as his pet. I, I don't know how long they live for, but the... People only hold on to them for about eight years and then set them set them free. Is that really irresponsible? Do uh, they just go back to being wild animals? I don't know. Probably. They're very smart. It's one but, for the um, falcon. One for the falcon or the eagle. That <laughs> um, like when you said they, they can take down foxes. Um, slightly different kind of part of the world, but last week I went to Cornwall and we stayed in an Airbnb as like... In a, it's not a farm, but they've got like a small holding, basically. And we got there, and the night before, well, the morning, actually, of the day we got there, 10 of their 12 chickens got slaughtered by a fox. Oh, mate. But they, yeah. he, he didn't eat anything. He didn't take any away. He literally just yeah, murdered them and, yeah, and just, left. Yeah, that's what foxes do. 
So if they had an eagle, I, I should tell them. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> should get a golden eagle. I leave the review on Airbnb. Like they don't <laughs> have an star. eagle, so I mean, I don't one know. star, no eagles. <laughs> Do you know? <laughs> this is a fucking useless tangent. I want to tell it anyway. You know, uh, if you're going through the fields in anywhere with loads of sheep, every now and again you see a llama in the field. Have you seen this? Mm. Yeah, actually, foxes yeah, no, are so. foxes are terrified of llamas. And so, llamas are fucking scary as well. So a, a fox may attack, um, especially during lambing season. That's crazy. I didn't think of that. Yeah, that's a little stick of llama in there. Oh, thought, oh they didn't realise that one wasn't a sheep. <laughs> yeah, no, it looks um, a bit weird. <laughs> it's like an advert. I'm not saying you look weird. It's like an ed <laughs> version of a sheep. <laughs> do, you know, do you know who we we haven't spoken about? And I, I emphasise who. Because there's Seagal. one... He's married to Mongolia, isn't he? He is, yeah. Um, I went to his favourite Indian restaurant in the world, in Ulaanbaatar. <laughs> There's pictures of him all over the walls. Oh, I'd love to go to. A, I'd yeah. love to go to an Indian restaurant in Ulaanbaatar. Um, yeah. um, the big man. Oh no! Oh. <laughs> Different picture. That's not. That's that's an it. No, not him. Oh. The, who's the Who's the only famous Mongolian? Have we not got a picture of him? No, that's oh, an eagle, that's a flag, and there's another golden oh, eagle. I've had it. I suppose it's this. <laughs> <laughs> that's a shame. Yeah, it was the Dark Ages, wasn't it? We've, um, we're in a different studio today, so, you know, um, foibles. Yeah, Genghis, Genghis Khan. Or, or Chinggis. Chinggis. Chinggis, Chinggis Khan. Khan. Yeah. Um, Probably everyone's granddad. Well, slightly He, he sort of massively changed the genetics of the planet. Like, yeah. Like, there's there's that figure i don't i don't think it's very accurate but one in five or one in seven people are related but i don't think it's actually that i think it's like a hundred and that's i think it's, i think it is i think it oh, might fun. be having um i didn't do a lot of research about him i don't know that much aside from um i've got some facts i'll read a few out um so he was born around 1162 his name wasn't um genghis because Genghis means great, I think, and Khan means leader. So his, his real name was Temujin. Temujin? Yeah. Temujin. Okay. Uh, he was, which means iron or blacksmith. Um, uh, yeah. He had a rough childhood. Oh, th- to be honest, there's so much in his childhood. They, made some, they actually made a, uh, a film about his life in Mongolian. Like recent about five six years ago maybe longer and it is incredible uh, i think it's just called genghis khan um watch that it's really good um so yeah so like i think he was the son of a small like the, one of the small head of the villages or tribes and he gets kidnapped his dad gets killed he gets like thrown into slavery gets becomes friend with the family of making him a slave and they take over mongolia they unite the tribes of mongolia and there's loads of civil wars, and then he ends up winning, and then he has a massive empire. And that's his bit life. Of a, bit of a badass. He, uh, that's why I brought up the marmots earlier. He was the first person to use biological warfare. So they surrounded a town, and marmots can have... Is it bubonic or black plague? I'm not sure of the difference. Uh, I think it's bubonic, yeah. Um, oh. And they fling it into the city. And they keep throwing the marmots. And, um, I mean, that would help you win. He's, um, yeah, that's mental. He's responsible for the death of as many as 40 million people. 40? Yeah, and that was in the Middle Ages. There's like only, like, only like 43 people, million people alive then. Um, 
he but he was religiously tolerant so he allowed complete like people had the freedom to practice however they wanted as long as they paid the taxes to the mongols they were fine um he invented the, one of the first ever international postal services oh that postal system is still in use probably it's not still in use but do you know how it works message to poor stations is it so like it's, riders ride 40 kilometers and then change horses change horses yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, nobody knows how he died or where he's buried. Oh. When he died, uh, the great Khan took great pains to keep his final resting place secret. According to a legend, his funeral procession slaughtered everyone they came in contact with during their <laughs> journey and then repeatedly rode, over, rode horses over his grave to conceal it. To wow. this day, its precise location is unknown. I can't wait for the day we find it. I don't, th- I don't think he was buried with much. So it would just be skeletons of Mongolian man. True, yeah. And then they won't do DNA testing. Like, oh, fuck, I'm related to him. No, it must be him then. Um, <laughs> but surely there's some writing somewhere. One of the people who buried him. None. Well, if well I guess. surely if that were the case, I'd have found him. I mean, you um, haven't found everything. But, you know, as <laughs> much as I love Mongolia, they milk it a bit. Everything's called fucking Chingis. Chingis in Chingis Khan International Airport. Chingis Is vod- it really cool? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh Chingis God. Vodka. He's probably got Chingis Square. I've got Chingis Vodka at the house. Is it any good? So, well, platinum. Well, no, 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 no. The lower. No, it's not good. No. The lowest. There's a few different ones. You can get like silver. Chingis Gold. Silver. Chingis Gold. Right. Oh, it's like Thatcher's. Yeah. <laughs> and then Platinum, I think. Oh, is. Chingis Platinum's nice. Yeah. Everything below that is shit. Sorry, Mongolia. But yeah, everything's called Chingis Khan. Chinggis Khan. Um, they love it. They it's a bit know. weird, though. I mean, I guess we've got stuff named after kings and queens in the UK. Which is I suppose he was a big deal, similar. though. I suppose Macedonia do it. I mean, Colston. <laughs> yeah. We kept that up for a while. Yeah, it's true. Um, but he's, I mean, he's, he built Mongolia, really. Yeah. He's, um, he built... Uh, did like they a... lose everything under him as well? No. So the Mongolian Empire stayed together for a few generations... Quite a few generations, actually. But then it was split into four carnates. And then from that, it started to disintegrate. So, like, I don't know. I don't know the names of the carnates. I only know the name of one, which is the Golden Horde. Um, and that was the one which covered most of Western Russia. Right. So the Golden Horde was the, yeah, the carnate in, in like, around Moscow. Around there. His, um, I read something about his grandson, who is Kublai Khan. I don't know what he did, but Marco Polo first wrote about um, eagle hunting while with Kublai Khan in the 1100s. So that was like the first documented um, thing. It's also in cave paintings and stuff. But that's me going on about eagles again. Caca. It's incredible. It's really, really cool. Really like how did I say ragtag? That's a little bit offensive. Like how did a small nomadic like society just sort of within 50 years just completely just wailed on the rest it. of the yeah. globe <laughs> um in brutal fashion yeah yeah badass oh and terrifying and i've almost been running out of time but i've got one more thing to one more thing to do uh ed's alluded to it by his wonderful picture skills <laughs> this guy we talked uh, about guy I'm not sure. we've talked like the thing from june 
It is. Oh my god, you say that every week. Yeah, but this is because we always <laughs> and talk then about. You're always like, oh, is that his name? Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> this is the uh, Mongolian death worm. Yes. Or as it's called, I've got it in Cyrillic, so I can actually read it this fucking time. Olgoi, Khorkhoi, Olgoi, Oh yeah, no, so I was reading it again. I was reading, sound I like read it once in Cyrillic, it. and then once again in like Latin. And I was like, oh, why is it pronounced twice? Anyway. Uh, so it's an alleged creature, obviously, uh, said to exist in the Gobi Desert. Um, the creature first came to Western attention as a result of Ray Chapman's Andrews' 1926 book, On the Trail of Ancient Man. Uh, it's not a frozen shard found in the... Oh, it could be. <laughs> could be. It's been reanimated by the cold. Um, um, the second-hand tales of the monster that he heard of the gathering of Mongolian officials, none of these present had ever seen the creature, but all firmly believed in it in its existence and described it uh, minutely. Um, so it's shaped... It's supposed to be shaped like a sausage. About This is where it gets a little bit like a worm. less impressive. Because you're imagining the thing from June. Massive, fuck off. Massive. You know... And it like bubbles under the sand and it comes up and eats people. Is it the size of a sausage? It's shaped like a sausage, about two feet long. That's uh, 24 inches. Two head. subways. Uh, um, well, yeah, two subways. Uh, has no head or leg and it is so poisonous that merely to touch it means instant death. <laughs> it lives in the most desolate parts of the Gobi Desert. Um some say, so yeah, so travels it, underground, creating waves of sand on the surface, which allow it to be detected. Sure, it can kill it at a distance, either by spraying venom at its prey or by means of, this is where it gets a bit ridiculous, electric discharge. Um, but it primarily lives underground. On the on the picture we've got, it looks quite long. Yeah, it looks yeah, massive. Yeah, this is a bit, I think this, this is quite, obviously Does quite it go long. like, continue like going between oh, you, you goes, two lights? It goes, goes way, miles. It goes way back and also I think by me... It's like a Cumberland there's, there's sausage. There's actually like a couple of human-sized people. Human-sized people. <laughs> Humans. Um, this is where, it might have been solved though. In 1983, a specimen of the Tartar sand boa, Eryx tartaricus, was shown to locals who claimed to have seen the Olgoi Chorchoi, and they confirmed it was the same animal. Oh. So it was just a sand boa all along. You silly billies. They really made it sound. I mean, I I prefer the idea of of a, a something called a death worm. Yeah. Um, but it, it doesn't look like a sausage in that picture. And it looks way bigger than two subways. Unless it's really skinny and it's like really up close. See, that's the Mongolian death worm. Oh, sick. It's cool. I would just like to talk about Mongolian wrestling. Oh, God, yes. Go ahead. Um, so the main bit of research I did was about the Nadam Nadam Festival. Oh yeah, which is the biggest event in. I read Mongolia. about that in, in for horse racing as well. Yeah, and it, it's like the cultural game. So they've got Mongolian wrestling. I think the three main sports are horse riding, Mongolian wrestling, and archery. Um, all, all combined in one. <laughs> <laughs> wrestling horses, sharpen up the hooves. Um, I guess you do archery on the horses and stuff. Um, but I won't go into detail. We've spoken about the horses, a bit about archery. Um, but the Mongolian wrestling. For those of you who haven't seen the wrestling outfits, imagine, well, it's just a pair just of silk, silken speedos with lovely patterns on them. Then imagine a jacket 
that you just pull the entire front off. So you've just got a back cover and some sleeves. Um, And that's what they wrestle in. They've got a bit of rope around their tummy and, um, and they wrestle each other. But they do, as they're warming up, they do a thing called the eagle dance where they want, they like go around in their pants, like with their arms flapping like an eagle. They slap their legs and they carry on doing it. Um, yeah, so so that's the wrestlers. Um, like the it's the largest wrestling competition in the world on so the 17th of September in 2011. 6,002 wrestlers participated. Um, so much better than WrestleMania. Yeah. And one of my favorite things is um, each wrestler has his own coach called a Zazul um, that accompanies him and um, holds the ceremony together and after the match too. And right before the opponents meet, each coach coach takes off their wrestler's hat and announces their title in a loud voice. So you've got your own like hype, hype man. man. Oh, that's cool, yeah. man. You know, but, there's no no weight classes. Oh, yes. So it's always free for all. Um, there's some big Mongo. Is it always well. 1v1? Or? Yeah. yeah, it's one of them. Um, do you know, I also, I watched a little, I watched a little, uh, little video on the way over today and I learned why they don't have fronts on their jackets. Oh. Did you read this? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, go on. Oh. No, no, go ahead. Go um, ahead. Well, apparently, back in the day, you could wear whatever you wanted, uh, or regular, regular jackets. Um, and allegedly the tournament was won by a woman. She beat every single Mongolian man there. Huh. And then right at the end, tore open her jacket, tits are flapping. Um, <laughs> And announced to the world, I'm I'm a woman. I'm I'm equal, and well, I'm better than all these men. So obviously, to, to counteract that, they're like, right, no more fronts on your jackets. Men's we need insecurities. To <laughs> we need to, to hide yeah. breasts. <laughs> we need to, we need to um, make sure no more women can take part. That's crazy. Yeah. Loads of really famous um, sumo wrestlers from Mongolia. Yeah. Loads of um, opera of... singers as well. They've yeah. only very recently won their first uh, Olympic medal. That was 2008 in Beijing. Do you know what they won in? It was, I think, sumo or something like that. Oh, cool. It was sumo, sumo is definitely not an Olympic sport. It should be. It should is be. it not? No. Are you sure? No. Maybe like Greco-Roman. Yeah, they got, they got wrestling proper wrestling. I don't yeah. know, but like they, they won. It was some sort of fighting. How come they don't win in archery then? It's always people with really fancy bows. Mm. Like it's because they're too fancy. They've got like they've, normal they've got bows. They've together. got good, good yeah. bows. They don't play. Oh, I wonder if they do play it there. Might be a Kyrgyzstan only Kyrgyzstan thing. That um, goat polo. Oh, I think they do. Have you heard about this? No. It's well. Imagine. You know polo, yeah. the sport. I've had to cover that for for work. What with horses? Yeah, yeah. Oh. We've streamed that. It's, uh... Imagine the exact opposite of that. So it's you're on horses. So you've got a big pitch, maybe the polo, size of a polo pitch. And then at two ends, you've got like a pit. Um, and then the ball, rather than being a regular ball, is a goat carcass. Um, its face drops. So you have two teams of horsemen who spend the entire time wrestling the goat carcass from the other team. And the team, I, think either the te- I don't know if there's a scoring system or if the team that has the goat at the end is the winner uh, in its little, in its little hutch. He is dead. Um, that's how they win. Sick. Crazy. When you said good, uh, Polo, I thought they were oh, riding. Oh, I'm <laughs> I was like, yeah, this, riding there's no way. It must be kids again. <laughs> <Nah>. <laughs> I want to see that. And they're like trying to catch marmots or something. Yeah, that's, that's uh, good, Polo. All right, I think that's Mongolia. 
I've got some. I've got some very quick Mongolia facts. Oh, cool! If you want, where's um, the stop? Dull ones. Um, so why? <laughs> well, just just so we actually, so there is an educational content to this show. Population density: two point two people per square kilometer. Thirty one percent rural. Life expectancy: sixty six for men, seventy four for women. It's quite low for men. Um, yeah, it's not great. Uh, the Dalai Lama once claimed to have solved alcoholism in Mongolia by saying, drink yak milk. No, he didn't. <laughs> yeah, he fucking did. He's lying. Um, Isn't a Lama from Mongolia as well? One of, I think the fourth Dalai Lama was from Mongolia. Um, and they used the Tugarig. 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 Yeah. Oh, bad pronunciation. Um, that's my facts. And that's Mongolia. I would just like to, uh, you can't see it. Never mind. It's a shame. We can kind of see a few. It was one of my favorite nights in Mongolia. Um, so I did a long exposure photograph so you can see the Milky Way and stuff. And there was about 10 of us there and we all got torches and uh, did some light paintings and there's just a bunch of dicks. Um, yeah, there you go. I wonder why you didn't go for something different. Because dicks are funny, obviously. <laughs> but the, the actual Milky Way is always really good. It's a great picture. Thanks, man. <laughs> and that's Mongolia. Thanks for listening, everyone. See you next week in Montenegro. Yeah, Montenegro. Bring it on. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.